It's Big Chuck from Elite Eight Showdown. Hey, did you know that the podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network? You can find all of our podcasts over at professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, welcome to the only podcast on planet God dang earth where we can pick anything and everything to face off in an eight-subject bracket elimination tournament. This is Elite Eight Showdown. I am your host, Tim, and I am joined... By my comrade, my cohort, my co-conspirator, and most importantly, my co-host this week, Dr. Dylan Dyer. Hi. You went high, I went low. Dylan, welcome back. It's good to be back. I feel like it's a completely different room. You know, a lot of people say that, and that's because it's it's true. Yeah, that's good. So since the last episode of Elite Showdown... Uh, what have you been up to? Give us, give us, uh, the diary of Dr. D. Uh, so the D diary, it's been, oh, two months, couple months. Yeah. I think, yeah, about two months. Uh, what have I been up to? Uh, death and taxes. Mm. Um, you know, just the usual stuff. I go to work, they pay me money. I spend it on models. Uh, there's a giant <laughs> pile of models. I don't paint. That's like Chuck um, never left. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Very true. So listen, I was. At home, right? I'm doing my usual thing. I'm yeah. in the bathroom. I have my head between the lid and the uh, the bottom of the bowl. And I'm thinking to myself, like, what would be a really good topic for the next Elite Eight showdown? Because I saw that in the, the chat thing, people are throwing barrels and there's like rioting in the streets. Yeah, the, the riots were an issue. Thankfully, we've gotten it contained to just the Elite Eight showdown, the too many <laughs> channels. And I think Leroy Prattles, unfortunately, at this point now as well. But no, you just gotta. Is it like kind of like a gentrification kind of thing, or you gotta like push them in one district? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, it became it became a little bit. Uh, it became like a real riot for a little bit, and <laughs> factions were formed and lines were drawn, <laughs> and uh, you know we had to rein it in a little bit. But yeah, that's good. Uh, thankfully, everyone was incredibly respectful, and we can still post what to this day is still one of my favorite gifts of that person smashing the back of a car with a trash can. <laughs> I used it in another discord and someone immediately said, is that the thing from a uh, professional casual network discord? And I was like, it sure is buddy. Oh, wow. All right. So it's in other discords now. <laughs> We're global. It sure. You sure are. You're a network. That's true. That's true. Now you're everywhere. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what have you been up to? Uh, not not much actually. Since since uh, the last time you were here, I've just been sitting in the studio in the dark, uh, waiting to record another episode of Elite Showdown. So thankfully, the lights are back on. Uh, my bucket uh, behind the uh, the soundboard is uh, is cleaned out, and uh, I think we're in a we're in a pretty good spot. Who's in charge of cleaning that thing anyway? Uh, 
I think it's me. <laughs> but literally picking up after yourself. Yeah, it's just I feel like it should be someone else's job, but um we did have it detailed a couple weeks oh, ago. Uh I got a like a child's training potty for a few days while it was kind of like a like a rental, like a loaner yeah, car while, while my bucket was in the shop. And um yeah, bucket's back. She's better than ever for Christmas this year. My bucket's here. Did it get away? <laughs> Elf on a shelf. Um, did uh, did it get like a wax job? No, uh, I think it just got dumped out uh, outside oh. and was left upside down to dry and just kind of for- got forgotten about. Oh, okay. But oh. thankfully, oh, it's, it's it's back and uh, we're good to go. What else could you ask for? Really? Yeah. You got to run it lean. You got to run it mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that bucket will never be clean. <laughs> but that's true, I guess. Anyway, but so so what are we talking about this week, Dr. D? Yeah. All right. So listen, I'm assuming most of the people that listen to this are probably a bunch of nerds, uh, nerds. If there's two things that nerds love, it's reading comic books mm-hmm. about characters that they probably don't want to change, even though they've like read the same story probably for like 80 years. Mm-hmm. And they love throwing trash cans into the back of police cars that they so, do that's actually one of their favorite things i know it man i'm a part of it i get it <laughs> <laughs> so anyway uh, i was thinking to myself like what would be a pretty interesting elite eight because i think and i've listened to quite a few of them at this point oh i'm sorry the bet so i've got the, th- the therapy gets expensive sometimes but you know i get through it you know yeah uh but sometimes you just have to face your fears in order to conquer them so here i am again and so uh i, fi- <laughs> I figured the best episodes are always the ones that have some kind of like, I love the opinion based ones. Those are yeah. always the best ones where it's just like, yeah, you know, the, those are always make the best ones. So well, if somebody doesn't yell at me and tell me I'm wrong. Right. Yeah, really, right, right, right. If somebody doesn't yell at me and call me stupid, then I, you know, it wasn't a good episode. So I finished a comic book, which hold on on that. I'll tell you what it is in a second. But I read a comic book and I was like, you know, a lot of these stories, like it's amazing how long these characters managed to go and essentially not really change. Essentially, one of the cool things about a lot of the most popular characters is that they really don't like their core tenets always stay the same. Yeah. And that's why you like them. Because you're kind of rooting for them because yeah. they have like a like something you probably relate to in some way. So I said, well, which one is the most interesting? Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. I sent you a message uh, through a drunk text, probably. Um, and then, you know, we so decided most of my texts ep- are. So I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided, well, let's do another episode. And that theme. Timmy boy. Mm-hmm. If that is your real name. It's is, my uh, Christian name. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You got baptized. Timmy boy. Mm-hmm. Um, is which of the, which of the following core narrative concepts for these characters makes the best stories. Okay. So these are all kind of really boiled down generators of a character's narrative and the stories that are able to be told within that narrative. Correct. Now, originally i was like let it be a single character but i've realized that especially like lately especially lately probably from the 90s onwards a lot of the characters became part of like teams yeah yep so a lot of the people in those teams like share the same like values for the most part Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of the best stories are 
each person's different interpretation of that core tenant. Yeah. Because now you're putting it through the lens of another person. And I think that makes it super interesting. So I think that's going to be a part of some of the discussion. I actually really like that. Like, uh, so very specifically, I've always been super into the Thunderbolts, right? Mm-hmm. So there was a run with that where, where Venom's on it. And what is Venom, what's his narrative outside of the Thunderbolt? Lethally Being protecting angry. people, right? That too. And then, so when you get him on the Thunderbolts with a bunch of criminals, it's like, oh, well, you know, this guy's narrative device is arson, while this other guy is murder. And this third guy is consuming criminals, uh, like their entire body. So, like, you know what I mean? I get it. There's a core there, and that's crime. But, like, everyone does it in their own way. Insurance fraud. You know, the insurance fraud guy. Not absolutely. a super well-developed character. I thought he was personally, just didn't get the, the screen time that he really deserved. So I just read uh, through Devil's Reign, and uh, there was another new th- Thunderbolts. There's like new ones every single time. Yeah. What is Scream's core concept? Oh, Scream as like Being the, a the symbiote? Yeah, like the she's like the like she was like she's like an antichrist or something like that. And then she, and then she got a symbiote. <laughs> like what? I'm not super familiar with that one at all. Uh, I'm not either. So, but oddly enough, the, the, the couple things you said there at least gives her more character than I was unaware that she had in the second, uh, Venom movie, let there be carnage. I was like, oh, they kind of went with that motif. Oh, that was from somewhere. Oh, Mm -hmm. look at these guys pulling things from the comics. Kind of. I don't know what, I don't think that was supposed to be scream. I think her name is shriek. Oh, gotcha. I think it's shriek scream is actually, she's the. Is she purple? She's like purple. She's like she's like red and. Is she purple. also a symbiote though? She, she is a symbiote. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, right. I don't. I again, my symbiote knowledge is not great. I think Scream is also one of the offspring of Venom. Pro- most of them are. I think. I yeah, I think like. for the most part, all of them are. Yeah, like I think Toxin and all them is Annie Venom. I guess is kind of an exception because I think that's. That'd be more like an unbrother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a weird uncle. Yeah. <laughs> That's also you, but like, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on with that one, but, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, so see, it sounded like an interesting thing. So are you excited? I actually, I am. I super dig it. Um, I get really into, uh, the reasoning behind characters being able to have good stories and what their tropes are. Sometimes they annoy the hell out of me like Wolverine. Sometimes I really dig them like Cyclops on paper, on paper, Cyclops really boring he really 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 boring but i think when you get into the core concept of a character and the stories that you're able to tell with it i think there's more there for a character like cyclops having the narrative devices that he has over wolverine who is really in fact just two bit steel motorcycle uh sit on my bed stroking a picture of uh a girl uh, you know (laughs) didn't want to be with me now I'm sure we're going to have plenty of asides on this, on this, on this, mm-hmm. on this episode. So first of all, I am a big Emma Frost fan. Yeah, same. I really, uh, psych, really? <laughs> psych? Come on, yes. Emma. Yes. Come on. Because what she's, a, she's an incredible counterbalance to exactly what she's trying to do. I guess they, so. They, they are, they are a perfect blend of aptitude and ability being played at different levels. Okay, so you see, that's how you know this is going to be a good episode, because you can look at it like that. Yeah. Yep. Good I'm excited. All right, so before we start this, we've got to preface it. What was the last comic that you read? Uh-oh. 
Um, the last comic that I read could be a trade. I'll count a trade. I don't know. Wow. Most of so when uh, you know most of my comic book reading are YouTube videos at two times speed while I'm doing something else. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so if anyone's aware of him, listen, uh, your boy's absolutely part of the Rob Corps. And uh, he has absolutely explained to me most of the things that I talk incredibly well about that you would assume I've read and I've never touched. But OK, well, that's good. That's that'll probably serve you better today for today. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I read. Anyway, this is a comic that kind of inspired it. It's not super special. I read the new She-Hulk run. I read the first trade paperback. I think it's called Jen again by the main writer's name is is Rainbow. Nice. All right. Strong start. Yeah, it was great. It was actually really good. I was kind of shocked at how much I liked it. It was uh, there's like legitimately almost no superhero stuff. It is super slice of life. Jen. And that's what inspired this, because I'm thinking like. That's honestly the best part. At least my favorite part of comics is like, oh, this is how Spidey deals with his daily problems. And then that superpower thing kind of ruins his life. So I, I know that you are not super into mutants as a whole, but that's actually what drew me to the X-Men and stuff, because the best parts of that wasn't the fighting. It wasn't the the you know, the beating people up and shooting lasers. It was the high school drama. Of yeah. having a bunch of super horned up teens with mm-hmm. powers that now have uh, wildly escalating power scales and uh, power dynamics. That's the stuff I really, really, really like. I love drama, but high school drama. I don't know, man. It just drives me nuts. It's, a, it's, it's a weak point of mine. Like as, now, long as, as long as the stakes are high, I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Now you have Krakoa stuff where you have this high school. Oh my God! Yes, it's PTA. It's PTA drama. That's exactly what it is, and (laughs) I'm super into it. Oh no, it's exactly what it is. And I and I. Oh my God, I adore Mr. Sinister, especially how how he's developed over the last probably like Mm. ten to fifteen years. And Mm. I just reading those panels where they're like having a vote, and he's micromanaging the vote in his head. (laughs) <laughs> lying about what he wants because he assumes the vote was going to go a different way to have it come full circle and realize oh, I could have just voted with what I wanted and I would have just got what I wanted but I had to do all these stupid games <laughs> and he can't control himself <laughs> and that's, gentlemen ladies and gentlemen cats and squirrels that's why I don't read X-Men comics <laughs> yeah also fair but also anyway fair. I got eight of these all right you want to hear two of them? Uh, yeah, I would actually, if, if there was a uh, an amount that I would like to hear at one time, it's that. It's two. Okay. Can I have a raise energy drink? Uh, doing it? You know, what you can do is, yes, you can have a raise energy drink. A lot of people um, say raise energy. I've heard of them. What do they do? Well, let me tell you. If you were to head over to reppsports.com and uh, maybe you wanted a shirt. You know what I mean? Uh, pretty much most of my shirts, this is a Raise Energy shirt that I'm wearing right now. Um, incredibly comfortable. Uh, it's like athleisure wear, their uh, their their clothing. Uh, but incredibly flattering to, uh, if you're a man, your your chest and your, your biceps, while being incredibly loose around the stomach and also comfortable. It doesn't have that like neoprene plastic feel, which I super dig. If you wanted like their actual products, 
Listen, they have a backpack cooler bag also. This is not their actual products, but you can buy this backpack cooler bag. That's really nice. I like it a lot. But energy drinks, protein, supplements, listen, hard caps. They got like everything. And you use all that pre-workout stuff. It's actually very good. The flavors are spot on. Uh, really enjoy them quite a bit. Um, they also have hypersleep, which... Last time uh, I got to hang out with with Mr. Dylan, we got to talk about why hypersleep might actually be one of the better sleep supplements out there based on uh, and not just, you know, front loading melatonin, which apparently doesn't even do the job. It doesn't do it very well. Anyway, it's GABA because there was another there was another podcast you were in. You said, I can't remember the name of the thing. It's GABA. Gamma amabuterytic gamma amabuteritic acid. It's listen, it works. I know. GABA. I get I get hyped up. I can be having caffeine and all sorts of crazy chemicals all day and hypersleep will put me out and actually make me feel rested. And that's all I've needed to make the voices step. So and uh, he was all hyped up on Mountain Dew. I was was all hyped up on Mountain Mountain Dew. Dew. (laughs) Not only was it Mountain Dew, it was uh, a a proprietary Mountain Dew flavor called Mountain Dew Legendary at a Buffalo Wild Wings that they also make Long Island iced teas out of. So, wow. you know, wow. it was a lot to come down from. That's neat. Ah, shucks. But RTPSports.com, <laughs> professional casual at checkout, you'll get 15% off. But guess what? That's 50% more than any other code you're going to get. 10% off is what most people give. We get 15. Those, the peasant codes. Yeah. This is Chad. This mm-hmm. is a Chad code. All right. So, uh, first two. Catwoman slash Black Cat, because they're kind of the same person, but that's a whole other discussion. Uh, they're definitely different now. They were they were the same person when they first came out. But the Catwoman Black Cat need for independence mm-hmm. or Magneto's mutant first agenda. All right. Uh, so <sighs> which one makes a better story? Not which one is like more grandiose or anything like that. OK. Also should be said Catwoman first comic book I ever bought. All right. So, th- yeah, this is loaded from a lot of angles, right? Because I'm super yeah. Magneto people. Uh, yeah, I know. Y- you are super Black Cat people. But this isn't this isn't the theme you like more. This isn't the theme that you identify with. This is which theme, which narrative device, which core concept creates better stories. Yep. I think you're the you're the writer. Yeah. You have to write a story. Which one would you prefer to use? So I, I'm going to betray my own ideals here a little bit. And I do think that the mutant first archetype, that, that, that storytelling as a whole is a little easy. Mm-hmm. Um, that you are, you are picking up a marginalized people and that, that is easy to identify with because there's a, usually a very clear wrong and right. right. I think the thing that made the mutant thing as a whole a little bit different is they added in, uh, you know, in a, a very drastically different power structure and social power structure that let that be an analog for other things without being overt. Right. Though I think if you read it with any subtext whatsoever, it was very clear what the point very, I was trying to make. Very, um, but it's only it's only one point at the end of the day. While an yeah. important point is one of those ones that really can't be messed with because of its impact elsewhere. Right. The fight for independence though, with Catwoman and, and black cat, I think while also an incredibly important narrative as a whole, 
I, I think opens it up to more types of stories. Yeah, whether it's I agree. the struggle with with a parent or an organization or I mean society as a whole, the patriarchy. I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go with that that creates actually some pretty incredible narrative devices without having it constantly being like Magneto's very kind of one note. Yeah, very. At, at the end of the day. And while I do like that story, um, and it's easy to identify with, I think a fight for independence and what that independence means in its context and within its framing um, let you go a lot of ways with it because it's difficult to be like, yeah, people should be treated as people. That's a difficult yeah, thing you, to not you argue. <laughs> right. You would hope so. But there's, there's so many other facets of characters that are at the end of the day, acting within the interest of others while also doing things that are very clearly crime. Right. Um, that I think gives it an edge to create at least a, a more diverse uh, framework for for stories. And it should be said, I think I think this episode might hit some pretty, I don't want to say dark, very sensitive. To, I don't know, maybe sensitive topics yeah, at some point. Because yep. like when you really boil down, I think the mutant <laughs> X Men in general. I think when it was written, it was obviously written about like it was a civil it was a civil rights yeah one hundred percent analogy for sure. Mm -hmm. And essentially, mutants were supposed, or at least especially the Brotherhood, but all mutants to some extent is essentially like fear of the unknown, this thing you cannot control. These weird people you don't know who they are, and they're gonna come and they're gonna burn your house down, and you should hate them. Which is that's what was like essentially the analogy. Yeah, but they were just people. Essentially, you know, it's just sometimes they shoot lasers out of their eyes. Mm -hmm. No biggie. Uh, NBD. Yeah, <laughs> no, no big deal. And uh, I think and I pick these two together because they're kind of like in some ways, obviously different in other, other ways. They're kind of like they're very similar in that women have obviously throughout history been not treated the same as males, obviously. Yeah. Uh but like when you look at and I the one of my favorite parts about Black Hat uh, storylines is that they're usually very they're very, very pro feminist. Right. Yeah. Uh, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, but they tell the story especially well and they're usually very respectful. Yeah. Of it. I think it's a much more like subtle. The point I was getting to is that I think the Black Cat Catwoman need for independence and essentially kind of like female strength, because that's kind of like unfortunately been like i think how women get marginalized in some ways that they need a man in order to do anything right. which is obviously not true so i think that's why it might make for like such a it might make like for a better story because like you were saying there's like so many just more like aspects you could look at it from there's like just, just different angles yes well and at so, the end of the day they they both tell a similar story right where where there is right. someone that is without power that for, for now they have that it should right correct what do they do with it Right. And, and that's um, the question. And I, I think too, shoot, I had a really good point maybe in my head, but it's gone now. It'll come back. Yeah, it probably will. Um, oh, yeah. So one thing that's always bothered me about the mutant struggle in the Marvel Universe as a whole is that it's always been self-contained to just the mutants and the X-Men. Right. There's that's an, something I've always wondered. I, I think in... In the in the the Catwoman and Black Cat story, that their Spider Man Batman can interact with these characters and be like, you know what? Okay, I, I I'm I'm gonna let this slide, or I don't disagree, but 
You know what I mean? Or maybe sometimes they will, and I will act against that disagreement. While with the mutant struggle, the Avengers, who are supposed to be holding up, you know, prosperity for all, constantly turn a blind eye, blind eye to the mutant plight. One of mm-hmm. my favorite, I, I, and, and you know, if you're in the That's Discord, I constantly talk about how much I loved Avengers versus X Men, and there was a few very key points in that between Cyclops and Captain America, where Cyclops is like, "Listen, people are killing us in the streets. We've had an island dedicated to us because it was the only place we felt safe, and they still attacked it." The government themselves, your government, the people you work for are building giant killer death robots that specifically target our people. <laughs> How is this the first time you're coming to our our land and trying to tell me to do something? No, Captain America, fuck you. We've needed you. We're also Americans. Maybe you forgot that, that we're also people. Maybe... Maybe obviously the message isn't getting out there because you have not treated us as people in any way, shape or form. Uh, We needed protecting and you weren't there. And it was one of those things. I was like, oh, shit. I never realized that. Holy. In the comic book world. Right. It's all insular. It's like, well, the X-Men have X stories and they don't interact with the Avengers. Right. Right. Um, But at the end of the day, it is, in fact, a world. And, uh, you know, they were constantly forgotten or overlooked. Uh, Actually, and that's a fair point. I never even realized that until you said that, but you were absolutely right. Yeah. They're essentially two separate universes. Yep. Or for a, for a long time, they were two separate universes that just existed in the same space. But you know what, Cap? You're Fuck right you. you. Mutants needed you. You weren't there. <laughs> yeah. America's Maybe, uh, ass. Yeah. America's ass. But. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it was such a good part of that particular story where I was like, oh, fuck. The mutes are actually just trying to do stuff this time. They got the unholy god powers and they're just making it rain and have crops in places that need it. Uh, and they disarmed How a whole they? bunch of, you know, militaristic countries. Oh, like, shit. Fucking stop doing that, Cyclops. Those people need to be hungry. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? And so... um and so again, so that's a good point for mutants. Now for the for Black Cat, recently the uh black um the uh null invasion. I forget what it was, the King in Black, yeah, yeah. The King in Black event happened. Uh so did you do you know what Felicia did during the event? It's I, actually amazing. I do not. A perfect example of essentially um like somebody you wouldn't even think you needed, and then as soon as you need them, they're just like, I don't know who else I would go to. It has to be Black Cat. It's the only option we got, and she's the best choice. <laughs> That's awesome. So essentially, uh, the King of Black event's happening. Null is coming down from the sky. You should read it. It's a pretty good story. It's so, one that's actually on my short list. I mean, there's there's symbiote dragons and all sorts. Yeah, yeah, everyone gets venomized. Yeah, 100%. pretty awesome. Uh, there's a lot of tie-ins. It's a big Marvel event. So uh, in the event, to kind of sum it up real quick, Doctor Strange gets nabbed and put into like a giant goo ball so that he can't use his magic to fight as, off the thing yeah, as you do as as you would do right and so felicia being the master cat burglar is she is like we gotta steal dr strange <laughs> from the giant goo ball <laughs> so she she gets i i this isn't even a spoiler she gets the old spidey go-kart thing she yeah right <laughs> right yeah that's right the so she spider gets, buggy yeah, the spider buggy. It's speci- she specifically uses it, wow. and she uses a green goblin glider. 
to essentially get into the goo ball. And I want to, I don't want to spoil everything, but it's a really, really good story. And then she grabs, I don't know if anybody has read, uh, Oh God. Uh, the guy that writes the real popular recent venom stuff. He did a run on Dr. Strange that led into damnation. Uh, it's where bats, the ghost town comes from. I can't remember his name. Don, uh, Don, Donnie. Uh, Oh yeah. Donnie. I can't remember his name. Donnie cots or whatever it is really good run anyway but he gets a, a branch of yggdrasil which is the uh the yeah. asgardian tree obviously and uh <laughs> black cat becomes a wizard for a little while as uh she uses this stick to essentially fight a bunch of dragons <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> sick one of my favorite stories it's really good um but <laughs> I, but I think anyway, the point I was getting that, to is yeah. that need for independence. She didn't even want to get involved, but she's like, man, the cards are really down. I'm going to use my skills as the best person in this entire like industry of being a, a cat burglar. And I'm going to save the world. Yeah. Yep. Oops. Um, and so, yeah. So at the end of the day, I think you have to move the independent story ahead. Number one, because I think it plays into the mutant. I, I think it's a little bit more broad. It's a little bit more variable where you can even argue that. The the mutants first thing is a boiled down version of a fight for independence. Yeah. So I think at the end of the day, uh, the black cat and, and Catwoman is a little bit more encompassing of of that particular uh, storytelling. And you can do more with it. And X-Men have been around for 60 years. And it was <laughs> and just recently that they figured out. It's like, oh, yeah. Why don't we this, just leave? This is a story about people needing to be treated as people, and Captain America is kind of the person that's supposed to uh, protect those. Stand up, stand up for We just people. figured out 60 years later that maybe he should have, like, taken a phone call a while ago. <laughs> but oh, innovation happens so little in that in that uh, particular frame of mind that I, I think it's it's... I think if we're going to get hate for something, it's probably literally round one. But I mm-hmm. think at the end of the day, I know it's a good episode. Black Cat and uh, Catwoman certainly uh, have the better narrative device. Okay. Sweet. All right. Round two. Uh, take it off the trash. Uh, so that'll be next. So, so, and that's <laughs> the thing. You know what I mean? It's been a hot minute. Built Bar. Uh, built bar. You're yeah. fired. We don't even like you anymore. I haven't, I haven't gotten <laughs> built bar in a while. I still like built boost, but they're just difficult to get in stock when I need them. Uh, but built.com, listen, they're really good tasting protein bars. Uh, I, I, I do. I need to order some built bars. Uh, <laughs> just talked myself back into it. But built.com, uh, protein, really good tasting, almost candy like bars. Uh, they're just different. Not that chunky protein bar that you've always had. They're not 400 calories like a uh, Fit Crunch, which are delicious, but just uh, the macros aren't solid. The macros on, on Built Bar is pretty good. They hold up really well. They're very good cold. They're just a different vibe. And if you're looking for something a little bit different, Built is actually a great place to go. They also have uh, some B vitamin supplements that I, I really enjoy. A lot of people here at the network really enjoy it. They're just, they're constantly out of stock because they're very popular. And you'll get 10% off by using code professional casual at checkout there and uh you know tell them uh big chuck sent you and then you can discuss it in the get rip discord channel yeah you can listen we've been talking a lot Talk about, about protein absorption protein absorption and there's there's just a lot of information out there and uh i just i just i just want to know what protein i should be sticking in what hole when <laughs> you know 
You just want complete. You just want a complete protein. Yeah, Don't I just I just want to know it so I can not in three years be like, oh, shit. <laughs> I made a huge mistake. Now I got three arms. Oh, oh no. I should have been doing this other thing the whole time instead. Ah, nuts. No, ah, nuts. Anyway, uh, round number two. So, the spider people's concept of with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm classic and punishers concept of no more second chances Ooh, okay this is also a very good matchup you've seeded these very well thank you um so once again i think i think you you run into that thing with with great power comes uh, great responsibility where maybe societally we think it's been overdone because we've been beaten over the head with that particular tagline so many times. But yeah, I think there's an incredible importance there where, yes, it is a little basic. It is a little straightforward. But I mean, I don't think there's a more all encompassing superhero narrative than I can. So I should. Right. Um, Punisher, the no second chances. When. <laughs> When with great power comes great responsibility fails, you need a backup. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> no second chances is certainly it. I mean, and even back to the, the first round, right? With great power comes great responsibility. The mutant plate should never have happened. People should just be treated as people. But Correct. the people in power don't always use that responsibly. So while that is important, there needs to be a counterbalance. And sometimes it's Frank Castle. Sure is. So this one's tough. This now, one's- now think of it like from this perspective. I have to ask you a question. Yeah. How many of the spider people are you, at least on a fundamental level, like aware of? Not. I'm not talking whole Spider Verse. Maybe just the ones that are in on Earth six one six. In Earth now there's like a, there's a, there's in like a Earth- ton of them now. Yeah, I was gonna say like. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I I read Ultimate Spider Man. I actually really dug the Ultimate Universe. So Ultimate Spider Man is amazing. Yeah, it's um, so good. Just the, and even just the Ultimates was very good. And Ultimate X Men, those were kind of the three that I stuck to in that particular universe that I really dug. Um, so yeah, so uh, well, Miles, uh, yeah. Peter Parker. I dude, I loved Sinister Spider Man. It was one of the better stories. Oh, Superior. I, oh, Superior Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, Doc Ock. It was. I own the whole thing. Yeah, it was so good. Really, really good. So good. And and once yeah, dude, again, anybody like a, read anybody listening to this, if you have not read Superior Spider Man, stop listening and just go get it. It is so good for real. It's for real. Top notch. Top um, notch. Just and, and the basic premise is: What if Spider Man stopped being a fuck up? And by that we mean <laughs> Doctor Octopus just you know planned his calendar out for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really, really, really good. Uh, I, I also really love Silk. Um, yep. I just discovered I had a first appearance of her. Really? I just I just sent it to have it graded. Yeah. Hell yeah! Absolutely. I just bumped into it. I was like, Divine Sin three, huh? Oh, I wonder what's. The- I didn't even open it. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> um, and Anyways, then, uh, some some light symbiote stuff. I, I did. Uh, I do like Venom uh, a little bit. Now, Carnage. Carnage gets a little bit out there for me sometimes. Where I just, I mean, uh, but they're not really like, but they're not really spider people. Maybe Venom. I'll give Venom yeah. spider people privilege. I don't know if Carnage goes in there exactly. 
yeah. don't forget and, Gwen. Don't forget the ghost. Oh my spider. god, yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't believe I forgot that. So both uh Gwenpool and Spider Gwen, I'm huge fans of. <laughs> Gwenpool? I don't, know, I don't know if Gwenpool's a spider person. Uh, no, she's not. But like you know, some people are like, oh well, Squirrel Girl, this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, yeah, Squirrel Girl was done better, and Gwenpool. her name is Spider Gwen or uh Gwenpool, <laughs> Gwenpool. Sorry. Uh and then don't forget uh the various incarnations of Scarlet Spider. Yes. So yeah, I'm a, a big a big actually fan of Kane Parker. My uh, course at Spider-Man MCP is Kane. Um, ben Riley certainly uh, got a little bit. And I know he's he's you know popped back in there for a while. Also, um, sort of Spidey. I was gonna say sort of Ben uh, uh, Spidey ninety nine. Yep. Uh, he's definitely like the least Spider-Man-y of them 100%. all. One hundred percent. As far as the no, as far as the responsibility thing. Also, Kane. I think it was Kane. I think it was the first one. Uh, his concept was no responsibility. Yes. Which I think is a very interesting take on the the point of that whole thing was, I think that is the point of what makes that so interesting is that each character interprets the great responsibility concept very differently at times. Yeah. Because even Venom kind of in his own weird way, mm-hmm. He protects the homeless in San Francisco. I think is where he go- he went, right? Yep. Or it was all- it was a te- it was Texas or San Francisco. So it was one of the two. Um, and he did great power with with great power comes great responsibility. Maybe a little more violently than PD did, but he definitely did it. Well, and it's all relative, right? So, and that's that's one of the things that I think is really good about that particular narrative is while we've been beat, and I think it's unfair to uh with great power comes great responsibility because we've been beaten over the head with it a bit in the movies that sure. it is a very personal thing and yeah. what power you have and what responsibility you have is a very personal choice so we've seen venom literally eat people to protect <laughs> others mm-hmm. we've seen kane almost in a very similar to was asriel taking over for batman for a little bit yeah. where he was yep. just like yeah, let's break their backs. They just keep coming back. Just break their bones. We don't kill them. Just maim the ever-living hell out of them. <laughs> They'll never break a crime again because yeah. they can't. I'm going to put them in their own personal Arkham uh, Asylum <laughs> by making sure they can never walk again. Um, I, I think uh, just in that description, right, there's a ton of stories you can tell with that that isn't just do the good thing because you can. It's do the good thing in what good means to you and how you see that good being done in the world. And every character sacrifices essentially something. Yeah. To do it. Yep. Because Petey essentially just doesn't have a life. Correct. He doesn't have a, he can't like pay his rent (laughs) for the first thing. He can't keep a steady girlfriend. And that's the thing. He could do those things. He but could he's, very easily he is sacrificing the Correct. even if it's just the RAM or the operating uh, power that he has to be able to do something else. Mm-hmm. He's working on automation. Kind of yeah. like, well, yeah, that's superior Spider-Man. Superior thing. Spider-Man. Oh, great story. Once again, the the uh, read it. The, the counter to the, you know, the 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 narrative as a whole is always incredibly fun. Right. Yeah. Asriel, um, Venom to Spider-Man even, um, yep. and yep. Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, those stories are always really great. Um, but now, what, what was this up against? I'm sorry. I, just, it was, I was just about to say. Spider hold for a while. <laughs> um, Punisher's concept of no second chances. Yeah. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of like put a little taser on this one. If I had to say it, I would say that Punisher comics 
it kind of played a one note. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of it's not really like a particularly interesting narrative device on its own. I think what makes Frank exceedingly interesting is when you put him in the same room as someone who does not agree with him. Yes. That is where the interest in Frank is. Especially if you go when you go Frank and Castle, that whole whole storyline. Oh my God. That's another gem. There are times. So I and I I I completely agree. Uh, day by day, uh, routine Punisher, not for me. I don't care. No. When he is violencing. Yes. When he is put into scenarios with Captain America, exactly the Thunderbolts, with during the Civil War, the uh the 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 whole storyline with Punisher being like, well, no, Captain America should be respected. You fucked up. He's right. (laughs) Whatever he does, he's Captain fucking America. I'm the Punisher. And I said so. Um, There's some really cool things you could do with it. And I think as a whole, especially with the way our society is going, I think we are going more towards that. No, something needs to be done. Yeah. You, you cannot let the, the powers that be continue being the powers that be. Someone needs to answer for this stuff because everyone keeps getting away with it. And I think maybe in the 70s, it was a different vibe and a different fan base that liked that because it was the and I don't want to just cast wide swaths, but uh, there was the uh, effectively the the Rambo group yeah. that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. rah, 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 which was very valid in this time to to the people that were that audience. But right now, I think there's a, a, an incredible uh, leaning into that, you know, um, corporate sponsorship and all this stuff that's just like, well, something something has to change here. Right? I was going to say, what can we do? Yeah. So whether it's it's corporate interests or whether it's, uh, you know. Kingpin just, getting out of jail again. Again. Whatever he did. It's yeah, yeah, there's there's certainly there's got to be an enough. And I think people yeah. that can can usually always identify at the end of the day, maybe not with death or killing, but come on. Now, as a, as a as and this is a quick aside. Some of my favorite Daredevil comics, because I'm a big Daredevil guy. Anybody who knows me, I'm a big Daredevil guy. Whenever you get Daredevil and Frank in the same room. It is always such a like an awesome interaction yeah. because essentially it's kind of like in the show. Uh, Punisher tells Daredevil, it's like you're one bad day from becoming me, which is kind of what happens in Shadowlands in a way. Yeah. Yep. So like Daredevil could very easily become another Punisher. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a super interesting thing is that Punisher could be any of the heroes after just one bad thing happens. Yeah. And then they snap. Well, and I think just in general, like across the Marvel Universe, specifically for the Punisher deal, um, there's always an amount of respect between him and most other people. Yeah. There's always that yeah. one outlier on the team that's like, well, he kills people, so he's bad. <laughs> for sure. But then there's but like. But he never kills innocents. Correct. He never goes so far where he's just wantonly killing randomly. And then there's, you know, the characters like Cap. It's like, listen, Frank, I don't agree with what you're doing, but it definitely probably needed to be done off the <laughs> record. But like, <laughs> so it's always good to have a Frank in your back pocket. That's probably yeah. why the heroes don't chase him down. They're just like, yeah, he's probably going after the ones that needed it anyway. Well, and the people that just in generally, uh, in general, don't understand why Punisher does what he does. 
I I think back to uh, shoot. I forget what storyline. Maybe it was Dark Rain, but it's Century going up against Punisher, and they're trying to catch Punisher for some reason. So they're just like, you know what? We're we're done having lower level grunts killed constantly. Just send the Sentry. Mm-hmm. So Sentry goes in. He gets him. He gets Frank down. There's there's nothing Punisher can do to Sentry. Not a thing. So he says, "All right, I have a dead man switch." There's pounds of C4 under a children's hospital 17 blocks away. I'm going to release this now. You're quicker than me. You're so fast. You'll get there and you'll save it before I get my finger up. (laughs) Sentry flies off to find the bomb. He finds the basement, you know, sub-basement four or whatever in this children's hospital. And it's a teddy bear and a bunch of toilet paper wrapped up with duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. But in that, you know, 2.5 seconds, he's off doing that. Punisher gets away. And that's at the end of the day, if you knew Punisher and you knew he would never blow up a children's hospital. What's you know, that's not his that's not his bag. But but Sentry is not a man. He is a god. Yeah. Yep. And he, I think he's got a disconnect. I mean, he's obviously a good person. His name's Bob, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He's like, he's an obviously a great person, but he can't, he cannot think like a human. Correct. He just can't. It's like Superman. Yep. He's a God among men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it's, and I, as, as much as it's used, it's a joke with Superman, the whole like glasses being his secret. It's Commodore. He's I'm spoiler alert. He's in the thing. We'll get to him. Don't worry. OK. All right. I, it's, I, it's I, I, won't, I won't get into it, but I, I did always find it funny. It was like, well, he's a god among men. He of course, he would assume people are ants and wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But right. But yeah. So uh, in this particular one, I do think I have to move the Spider-Man narrative ahead simply because it's so much more personal than you're out of chances. Because we've yeah. effect- effectively seen with great power comes responsibility could also be 100% Punisher's motif of that's true. no one else is going to do this. I can. That's so I true. have to. And that's what he does best. It is. And, and Frank's he does- not a diplomat. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. He's a mur- he is a killing machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's his power. That's why we love him. Yeah. All right. So round three, I'm taking out the trash to Beard of Dragon Games. Yeah, Tony Highhands taking out the trash every week. You know what I mean? And here's the good news. Uh, it's been a it's been a hot minute since you've heard an episode of Elite Eight Showdown. But uh, thanks to everyone's support, Bearded Dragon Games is able to upgrade, get a bigger spot. Yeah. We could finally start running events there. It was a very cramped, uh, over-inventoried space before. Uh, but it is, you know, looking at a new place, they're going to be moving and we're going to be able to start actually holding events and stuff there. So thank you so much for, for all of the support for Bearded Dragon Games online and uh, and don't stop because it's 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 a close wire. <laughs> it's a very thin margin. And listen, we need a We need a bigger spot so we can do more cool stuff and have more people there. So thank you. Is there, is there a way is there a way for me to make Bearded Dragon Games my local game? Store? You know what? There is. There is. If you wanted to go to uh, the World Wide Web, right? Mm. Uh, Mm. You know, unplug the phone, plug in your modem and head over to beardeddragongames.online. If you want to pre-order some MCP stuff, you don't even need a code for it. You just get a flat 15% off. If you want to use use code PCME10 at checkout 
for anything else, you'll get 10% off, whether it's MCP, whether it's terrain, paints, Warhammer, uh, Infinity, maybe it's uh, some board games, some card games, some Magic the Gathering, some Dungeons and Dragons, some Pathfinder, some Pathfinder 2nd Edition, maybe some Star Wars stuff, some Legion. It's all there, and it's all 10% off with that code PCME10. And check out a Bearded Dragon Games, that online. I'd say it's a great, with great power comes great responsibility to go there mm-hmm. and give them your money. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Third round. So Superman's motto of truth, justice, and the American way mm. versus, uh, actually, this isn't really a great one. Daredevil and his Catholic guilt. <laughs> so for the record, it needs to be said just recently. I don't, I don't think it was that long ago. They actually changed Superman's saying to, mm. they changed it to truth, justice, and for a better tomorrow. Okay. Because they deemed that the American way was too Yeah, probably so hot hot button, I guess. Yep. I, I don't I don't I guess I don't disagree with that as a whole. But it's Superman, who cares? Uh, that's kind of what I'm saying. He's been saying that for years. Right. <laughs> it's kind of just his thing. He, clearly he didn't mean it antagonistically, let's just say that. Yeah. Um but huh. So let's unpack. For real. So 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 give me a more of a frame of reference for Daredevil. I've certainly partaken in the Devil of Dares, but I I've never really seen a whole I've always seen him as ancillary. I read some of the stuff where he was in San Francisco for a while and he was running into the runaways, but mm-hmm. it was while I was reading the runaways. <laughs> right. So uh when you read a Daredevil story. It's very similar to a Peter Parker type thing where he is a brilliant lawyer who undoubtedly cheats because he can hear if somebody's lying, stuff like that. Kind of cheating. But it is. He could and has the power to, and if you read separate universes, does take advantage of the fact that he uh he's only like he could be an unstoppable like one of the like most scary people on the earth yeah and if you like you didn't know who he was like if you didn't know daredevil what you know if you didn't know matt murdoch was daredevil he knows he can legitimately tell almost everything about you and you would have no idea and the only thing that keeps this <laughs> this this guy in check is essentially the love that he had for his dad and essentially like um his faith in catholicism which is very fire and brimstone. Yeah. And, and for him, at least. Uh, so essentially, his core tenet is that he always essentially blames himself for anything that goes wrong, because that's like one of the things in Catholicism is essentially you know, they blame themselves for a lot of things that they probably shouldn't, but whatever. So they constantly are thinking about like essentially how they're like kind of like not good, or he's he always thinks he's not good enough. Yeah. But he's also simultaneously, as far as humans go, like off the scale power if he really wanted to be. So like in Gwen's universe, in I think it's universe 16, uh, that's a whole other thing. But Murdoch is the kingpin in his in her universe. And he's affectionately, he's called murder doc. <laughs> so he's the kingpin. He's also had, he's also in charge of the hand. 
That's red as hell, by the way, just as a, as awesome. an aside. I know we're not doing a video for this one, but if you could have seen my face as he said, yeah, uh, Matt Murdock is the kingpin. I was like, yo, what? Okay. He's the murder doc. Uh, so he's, um, yeah, it's, and it's an, it's a fantastic example of a Matt without that Catholic, like, uh, yeah. influence. Now, the thing that I think really drives his faith is that essentially when uh, he's born, his mom, I forget her name. I forget some, I think her. I think the dad calls her Maggie, but she essentially goes to become a nun because she doesn't want to deal with Matt. For some, you know, there's and there's some other stuff going on, but yeah. uh, Matt is essentially abandoned by his mom, and he's raised by his bruiser dad. Mm-hmm. So essentially, everything that he finds valuable is essentially it's like, you know, you got to fight for kind of like what you believe in. Which it's funny because Matt's dad took dives for money for the mob. Yeah. So it's like his entire life is essentially just filled with these contradictions, which I think is what makes him so like kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, essentially as you, as, as he gets, the point I'm getting to is that Matt is essentially, it's kind of, actually, it's kind of similar. It is very similar to, to Punisher actually, like we were saying earlier where he is, they are very similar where it's that the only thing that really divides Matt from turning into a, an evil Punisher is his love of essentially Catholic guilt. Yeah. Because he thinks he's not good enough, yada, yada, like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But that's up against Superman, whose motto has always been, I'm incredibly boring and there's no good stories to tell. <laughs> no, granted. Right. And, and that's, that's, there that's, are some good stories. That's the joke. I've made that. But then I'll read something like Injustice and be like, oh, wow. This is really interesting. I'm super into this. Um, yeah. Or Red Sun. Or uh, Kingdom Come? even the, the yeah Kingdom Comes good very it's similar in that vein is uh, the yeah. Dark Knight Returns mm-hmm. Superman when they fight but it's, uh, it's one of those things right where it's only good when the story is counter to what the character is about right um, Daredevil becoming Kingpin awesome side story yep uh, would I read that consistently for years i'm personally probably but (laughs) (laughs) but i I think that that limiter is an incredibly important thing especially when you have someone that is so obviously well above the station that they have created for themselves but it is the own it is their own walls their own guilt their own uh, limitations which keep them within the confines that they are superman is kind of the absolute opposite against that where his his motto or his narrative device simply has just always been uh, i can be just, better than everyone else i can just do it yeah yeah right <laughs> i i have a massively unfair advantage against everyone everywhere all of the time and there's no real fear there's no real trying and i and i get that from an extent as a seven-year-old that used to use a game genie sometimes god mode is fun but guess what? It's really boring and you never finish the game. And if you put in a game genie and you're playing Super Mario World, guess what cheat you shouldn't use if you want to beat the game? <laughs> and that's infinite star power. Because when you go to fight Bowser at the end of Super Mario World, he throws out those little mechanical toys and you got to jump on them, pick them up and throw them up in the air to hit Bowser. Guess what you can't do if you have infinite star power? All the little toys just die. That's what Superman is. It's getting to the end 
and not being able to do anything with it anyway because it's boring and it robbed you of all the fun. So it's interesting that in order to keep making Superman interesting, he has to fight things on his level. Yeah. Dark, dark side is a great example. Yeah. It's like at least with like Daredevil, because when Zdarsky's run originally started, his is kind of like the current run of, mm-hmm. of, uh, of Daredevil. He again, spoiler, he like he acts. He essentially accidentally kills somebody. He beams him with a with his baton and they they die. And he's like, oh, shit, I'm I'm a terrible person. Yeah. And he turns him or again, you know, the spoiler, I don't want to spoil everything, but he essentially kills himself on the inside because he thinks he's this awful person and he just goes on a run where Spider-Man essentially has to stop him. He's like, dude, you need to, you need to, you're done. Have you considered settling down? (laughs) He says, you're done. If I see you out there again, I'm going to stop you. You're no longer daredevil. You're done. Yeah. Hang it up. Cause that's how bad he was getting. So it's interesting that, uh, so early in that run, essentially, he immediately poked. He's like, he poked the poor, the core tenet of what makes Daredevil interesting is that he essentially kind of hates himself for yeah. some reason. Well, and, and he's just. Yeah. In, in general, in storytelling, that's one of the main conflicts, right? Is man versus self. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I very legitimately don't think Superman and the narrative that he portrays fits into any of those categories. I mean, maybe man versus God, except guess what? It's God versus everybody else because he is, in fact, that figure. Um, I I think if you're looking for something that people can identify with that tells a great story and a variety of stories. I mean, guilt is a a very, very, very broad but heavy and relatable uh, device to use. And it's, it's simply not there for Superman when all of the good stories are stories where Superman is not Superman. That's true. That's a very good point. Daredevil has great stories when he is playing into what makes Daredevil Daredevil and the great side stories uh, as well. I, I certainly remember the what was the 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 oh, shoot the the run where daredevil is running uh wearing shirts that say like i'm not daredevil i'm not been, daredevil yeah. he's been super <laughs> holiday party yeah and it, it also creates a very neat uh a story for the record the kingpin guy the kingpin one also wears that <laughs> he wears the i am not daredevil shirt I'll have to send you a picture of it. It's incredible. That's uh that's glorious. So I think th- this one's kind of a no-brainer and, and I've I've had the Superman arguments made to me before, and I know that there's people that really like him and that he stands for something. But he's I, a good person. It just doesn't make him interesting. And his best stories are when he's involved in teams or something yeah. else. Yes, yes. And yes, yes, it's yes. it's not the Superman story that that's being told when he's at his best. Yeah, uh, it's I when think, he's in Justice League. Yeah. Or when he's with Wonder Woman or whatever and all the other stuff. And I, I think the the stories that are told with Daredevil make other characters better, too. When people are brought into that storyline, they are also now unique versions of themselves that might be some of the best that we've seen. Um, I think, yeah, 100% Daredevil has to move on here and and the, the guilt narrative because I think it, it creates so much more even out of bland characters. And I'm not saying... Daredevil is a bland character, but I think the the Catholic guilt storyline, the Daredevil storyline would make a good Superman story. That's true. And I don't think the reverse would be true. Because I assume, and again, since we're putting the nail in his coffin, um, 
Superman is kind of like the ultimate litmus test. Yeah. He is. Do you do the right thing? Even though, you know, no one can like say anything or stop you. Do you put the grocery cart away or do you just leave it in the parking lot? Right. That's like a great litmus test. So he, he can stop all the crime on the entire earth with his laser eyes while he just floats around in space. Like he does in kingdom come. Yep. But does he? Not always. And again, it's kind of interesting when he does. Yeah. You know, anyway, but it, it wasn't the greatest follow up, but Civil War two kind of played into that. Like if you have the ability to stop crime well before it happens, should you? Should you? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just as far as the people that were apparently for, you know, murdering people before they could commit crimes. Guess who it was? Captain Marvel. <laughs> Yeah, up against Iron Man, who is trying to protect the little guy in that particular story. I did like that role reversal. Certainly didn't hold up to Civil Civil War one, but Captain Marvel's. I should. I don't know a lot about her, but man, there's she is another one of those kind of just like she is. So now, granted, she can be super interesting, and I I think they've done that. I think Captain Marvel is kind of a a Superman story, right? Where I mean, she just blows up planets and can punch through you know universes (laughs) whenever. But they create and re- usually regularly those stories where she is having to make those choices because she is that strong and does them in a way where I actually want to read it. Right. But it's some conflict. Yeah. Anyway. OK. Uh, number four. Um, uh, is this the, uh, the comic book? It sure rundown? is. Yeah, not only are they a sponsor, they're now part of the network. Guess what? Starting November 4th, which is probably the day this comes out, uh, Joe Gennaro and Ron, Mr. Ron Haynes, part of the Professional Casual Network now as the comic book rundown is now a Friday release as Ooh. part of the Professional Casual Network. So not only will you be seeing Joe and Ron significantly more around the Discord and around some of the other shows, but you'll be seeing uh, more Professional Casual people on the comic book rundown as well. We are incredibly excited to have Joe and Ron uh, join us here at PCN. And uh, we hope you do too, as they will be taking over the new Friday slot. They were doing movies, like old comic book movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not only were they doing uh, comic book reviews of, of arcs and stuff from, from everything from DC, Marvel, indie image, just everything across the board. Uh, they went all the way back to when comic book movies started and have been going up through the years to see how they progress oh, and how they hold up. Did they do Italian Spider-Man or I, or I that... don't recall if they did the Italian <laughs> Spider-Man, but I know that they have thrown out a whole bunch of both bangers and ones that you didn't know existed. <laughs> So, it's okay. I'll have to look for those. From I mean, just the Batman movies alone, just to walk back and see some God. of the different Batmans and some of the different styles Woo! and stuff is 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 a trip in itself. It sure is. Anyway, are you ready, Tim, for the last category? I am. Okay. So again, these are both kind of families in a way. So Hulk, who is the real monster? Mm. Or the Bat family's sense of justice. Now, again, Bat Family is is pretty big now. It is. And again, it's very similar to Spider-Man where it's like each character kind of bounces off of that concept in a different way. Actually, yeah, I think that's that's actually a really good uh, link between those two. Right. Because there's there's characters in in the Batman family that I'm very for and there's ones (laughs) that I'm very bored by. Red Hood. I adore. I love that. He's interesting. I don't like Jason, but I do like 
what Red Hood is. Yeah. That makes it very, it's very interesting. Uh, I also, granted, the things that I like usually, unfortunately, are a little bit one note, but uh love Damian Wayne, too. I actually I just, really I, dug that. Oh, God, I can't stand him. Um, I can't stand Damian. I, well, and uh, I like Damian for a lot of reasons, but I love the in-your-face <laughs> Batman relationship. That father and son is like, well, Dad, it's just, kind of interesting. Just stop being a pussy and do it. <laughs> right. right. Like, Why don't the- you just lead the League of Shadows, Dad? You big <laughs> loser. <laughs> so Weekend that- Dad lets me do whatever I want. <laughs> Ninja Grandpa's so much cooler than you. He let me have two hot chocolate packets in the same mug, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> anyway, sorry to interrupt. That's the first thing that went through my head. <laughs> But uh, so I, I I do I do agree that the uh, the greater the great responsibility power deal uh, with Batman is is I I think that fleshes it, itself out and each member of that Bat family takes that oath in a different way except for yeah. the most part they don't have the power right so it's a little bit of a different uh, well, vibe but with the same now let me say this all right what what is Batman's superpower. He's not a meta. He's not a meta human. He is not. Straight up. His superpower is essentially when he gets knocked down, he gets the fuck back up. Yeah. And he's coming for you. <laughs> There's no escape. No. Like he he uses his brain. He is literally what all humans should kind of like aspire to be. There's a yeah. problem. Let's fix it. And let's research all the different ways to do it. Don't just go for like the first thing because it feels right or whatever. Look at it, analyze it, think of it intelligently, Mm -hmm. fix the problem. Here's the thing. Uh, A lot of people make Superman out to be the Boy Scout. It's actually Batman. In a way it is. What are the core tenets of being a Boy Scout? Uh, Brave, thrifty. Um, thrifty is the word. Thrifty is just one of the only ones of the Boy Scout oath that I remember. But <laughs> brave, uh, sure. thrifty, uh, just preparedness, being yeah. prepared. At the end yeah, of the day, what, what what is a Boy Scout? Listen, they have the tool for the job. They'll figure it out and they have a plan to execute. That's really true. I didn't what think is of that. what is Batman? At the end of the day, being over prepared for any situation and having a way to do it literally everything so it's funny in the bat family batman's kind of like the least interesting member of it oh for sure so again osriel i think technically i would consider to be a part of the bat family yeah you know who else is a part of the bat family alfred yes batman has sacrificed a penny his life (laughs) penny's worth his entire life to essentially help someone else achieve their misguided on some level dream yeah like talk about sacrifice and continuing to support them when he sees them fail not live up to what they should live up to and then continue to sacrifice something that he could probably just do it himself mm-hmm. but listen he's committed to the bit yep i appreciate a man that can commit to the bit absolutely so in the bat family my fate my favorite bat family member is dick grayson i love nightwing yeah I, I, He's also kind of DC daredevil in a way, mm-hmm. very similar. But um, what makes him so interesting is that he's essentially Bruce if he got over it. Yeah. If he just got over the parent thing, which mm-hmm. obviously parent death, terrible thing. 
Yep. Always remember your parents, blah, blah, blah. But he, he doesn't let it weigh his entire life down. And, you know, his family died. Mm-hmm. It was fruit, Zuko, I think was the guy. Yep. I can't remember the, the name. Of it. Yeah. So then you know, they fall. His parents die. He's angry. He lets it out by being Robin. But he gets over it. He gets out of the shadow. I think that's actually one of the things about the lineages of, of Robins and how they all go counter to Batman, right? They all say, you did this wrong and I'm going to do it right. All in different ways. I think with, with Superman and Batman, if people are like, oh, I love Batman or I love Superman, there's always personal connotation that you throw out that you're like, oh, well, obviously you're an idiot. But... <laughs> sure. Yeah, naturally. But there, I, I, I can never disagree with someone who's like, "Oh, I really dig Nightwing." I'm like, "Well, okay, yeah, fair, all right." He's he's, he's got, like the he's like the perfect he's the hero that has it all together. He really is. He's For the most part. The most ideal Batman is Nightwing. At the end yeah. of the day, um, and then you have Jason Todd and uh, Tim Drake and is is Tim? I don't know. I feel like Tim is kind of a carbon copy of Bruce. I, so on a lot of levels. that's the thing is I, I do think Tim is where it kind of it lapped itself. The gauge got back to full. You had uh, <laughs> Dick sure. and, and Jason do what they did. And then there was Tim that was like, all right, let's let's bring it back, back around. Maybe maybe the Batman uh, comics as a whole don't need to just be people telling Batman he's wrong and stupid. Like, <laughs> right. And then you lap yourself three more times <laughs> with Damien. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever that is. And then Batwoman. Yep. Kane is like, she's something else. She's mm-hmm. awesome. I love Kane. Hell yeah. Uh, Batgirl's great. I love Babs. Uh, even, well, again, there's another whole other thing. There's like a million Batgirls now. Yeah. At least at some point. Like, I think right now there's only one, but and most of them can walk. Most of them can walk. Yes. Uh, like, but Ca- uh, Cassie Kane, super interesting. One of the world's greatest ass kicking people. And it's just like, and she's just kind of like, she just, you know, she's a good person. Yeah. Like, because do you know who Cassie Kane's parents are? I don't. Lady Shiva and Sportsmaster. (laughs) And so they trained her from birth to just kill. They didn't even teach her how to speak. Nice. So when she becomes Batgirl in uh, No Man's Land, I think it is. It's all, it's a great story. Yeah. No Man's Land is fantastic, but. Now, now, counter to all that is the uh, yeah. There was, there was another thing to this, wasn't there? Yeah, is is the whole the, the Frankenstein bit, right? The the who yep. is the real monster? Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. And once again, uh, this is rough because we've seen some actually really good Hulk stories. Planet yep. Hulk, World War Hulk. I mean, Planet Hulk is kind of leagues above uh, everything else, I think, for the most part. Um, but this does fall dangerously into Superman territory for me. Where now? Now there's a let me interrupt that. So yeah. I knew that was gonna I knew that was gonna come up. My thought is that's why I said the the Hulk like kind of family that's yeah. including the villains, Red Hulk, Abomination, them. Look at them. They're essentially Hulk on the reverse side of yeah. like they flip the coin, right? What about Jen? So and especially just coming off finishing She Hulk, I really dug that as a whole yeah. i i i like I, I like a slice of life especially the, the superhero thing and um i i really dug the uh, tim roth as abomination <laughs> yeah. and that whole side piece was <laughs> that old thing was spot great. on um 
But yeah, so but the thing is with She-Hulk, I don't think that story has ever been who is the real monster. I don't think the Hulk story is the She-Hulk story. So I think they're very she, separate. She that's you know, and you might be right. So She-Hulk's whole thing is essentially uh what's like the is like essentially like self-appreciation and or like uh confidence issues. Yeah. Yep. That's like her whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is she's always more confident as She-Hulk. But she knows that when she's She-Hulk, people only like her because she's She-Hulk. Yeah. Do they like Jen? Correct. And I think that is a super interesting story. Yeah. So I, I think once again that kind of that flips it inward, right? So the the She-Hulk story isn't really, um, I mean it's it's internal. It's it's similar to the yeah. Daredevil story, or it's similar. It's that constant nagging, that fear, that doubt, that guilt, whatever it is. That's the story of She-Hulk, and. The best bits of She-Hulk normally aren't in fights anyway. No. With Hulk. So, in the newest run, she fights Titania, right? Yeah. (laughs) And they start fighting, and Jen's like, can we just be friends? Can we just fight for fun? Can we be girl pals? (laughs) Can we be gal pals? And they become (laughs) best friends because they just want to hit each other because they're the only ways they can, like, really take out their aggression. Yeah. Without damaging other things or other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is such a perfect gen thing. Yeah. It's kind of like Harley Quinn in DC, where she just like becomes friends with all the female people in DC. Yep. But she's just like, you know, I'm str- I'm a lady just trying to make my way in the world. And damn, if it don't stress me out, do you want to hit each other? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we do. <laughs> it's yeah. not okay. And I was like, it was so charming. I loved it. So, and yeah. So once again, I I, I really like the She-Hulk story. I just, I don't think it plays into that because okay. the, the whole, the society's the real monster thing is once again, just overdone. And I think it's all, it's really only two or three stories that you can tell. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I got to go Batman because once again, it, it personalizes that, that conflict. You can do more with it. When you see the other Hulks, yeah, She-Hulk is a very different vibe, a very different story than regular Hulk. But Red Hulk isn't that much different of a story than than Hulk. It's just he's realized what the story is. And he's like, well, yeah, I am the problem. Uh, so let's just do something Smash. with it. It's almost Punisher, really, at the yeah. end of the day. It's, yeah. uh, well, I have this now and I fought against it before, but now I can use it for the benefit of the American government or me, <laughs> whichever comes first. Whichever, yeah, whichever one I want to deal with. <laughs> So let's put an asterisk on that one. She-Hulk more interesting than yeah the just the, the more, more Hulk interested in story. a story based around She-Hulk and an actual story than than uh, the standard Hulk story. Granted, okay. there are once again there are caveats, right? Yeah, there are great Hulk stories, yep. but I, I do agree you can kind of only write that story like yeah how many times? Like how many times are they going to send Hulk to another planet? It's like if they did it again, they'd be like, isn't this just? Planet Hulk too, but this Planet time Hulk Captain again. Marvel's there. Oh boy, great. We did it. <laughs> All right. The next one, the first semi-bracket. Yeah. Is, uh, this, is, this isn't the poem one. That's the last one. Right. Uh, the uh, So this one is brought to us, oh, by the P.O. Box. P.O. Box. P.O. Box yeah. G. Can't there be better Superman stories? <laughs> West Oneonta, New York, 13861. <laughs> And you know what? Send your favorite Superman trade paperbacks to that so Tim can read them. 
You know so what? You I, prove them wrong. I will. I do really like trades. As far as how I got into comics, it was definitely with trade paperbacks. So the Spider-Man's yeah, like, Essentials, like the big black uh, and white, like huge, yep. like uh, almost construction paper, quality paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, I dug that so hard. But, so good. Uh, okay. So this you putting the lovers against each other. We're about to have a lover spat. So we mm. got Catwoman and Black Cat versus the Spidey. Uh, let me let me rephrase that. Yeah. So Catwoman, Black Cat, Need for Independence versus the Spider Families with great power comes great responsibility. And I, I have I have certainly found myself stepping away from the actual narrative of the character's story being told and constantly going back into the characters. So I'm going to try to bring it back a little bit. But uh, I mean, but obviously that's a filter you kind of have to think about. Yeah. Yep. Because it's not like you can have the Hulk storyline, but, you know, we're going to do the Hulk storyline, but it's going to be Squirrel Girl instead. She's a monster. She can't deal with it. Am I a squirrel or am I a, a girl? What do I do? The real monster is the parks department. <laughs> uh, but uh, with with these two, I, uh, I I do like these because as a matchup, they are kind of maybe different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Where the the fight for independence is breaking away from the responsibility and the power you have, while the Spider-Man family story is making sure you're doing that to a way that is important to you. And I think that both sides of this particular bracket are very self-aware and they yeah. are personal stories based on that particular character, which I think is very good and very important um, because that's where you get the variety from. So. Here's the question for you. Issue. Uh, I don't know. What's a good example? Uh, rhinos robbing a bank. Yeah. Right. Whatever. Something is happening. Spider-Man. Here's it's happening. He goes to fix it. Great power. With great power comes great, great responsibility. He has to go. Yeah. I can. So I should. He can't not go. Right. Same situation. Black cats in the area. She knows that if she goes there and just steals the thing out of Rhino's hand or whatever, it just fixes the whole problem and he runs off because he's a big idiot. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do it because she has to. She does it because it's the right thing to do. She does it because she knows because she thinks she goes against like the, the the ability for herself to just run off and not have to deal with her, this problem or whatever. Right? Yeah, she would do it. Maybe maybe not like maybe she might steal it later. Maybe she may not like straight up just fight rhino and the thing maybe he steals like some device that could blow up a city or something yeah she wouldn't like steal money she wouldn't really care i don't think but she would do it because she knew it was the right thing to do even though she doesn't have to it's one of those things right and and maybe this touches on punisher a little bit as far as the rhino's gonna rhino right yeah when spider-man fights the rhino really at the end of the day just more collateral damage happened. <laughs> For sure. Yes. I mean, legitimately, he's doing it because he feels he has to, but he's not doing it in a way that is minimizing uh, casualties and and damage. If Black Cat goes in afterwards and just takes it, he's already taken it. The damage is done and probably minuscule because no one tried to stop a giant hulking rhino person who went into a bank and said, give me the money. Guess what? They just gave him the money. It's not worth it. And then she took it. <laughs> Or whatever it was, and she prevented the dastardly thing from happening. But at the, she understands this. The rhino's going to do this thing, and just be smarter. Work. That's smarter. more thought out. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not yep. harder, and you get to the same end result. 
And I think at the end of the day, making a challenge to someone like the Rhino, like Spider-Man does, makes him more emboldened to go harder, stronger, more explosive, more damaging the next time. Because at the end of the day, that's how you defeat Spider-Man is you make the collateral damage too much for him to maintain so you can get away with it. Right. Now. But Black Cat, Catwoman, sneaking in, taking it is number one embarrassing. <laughs> that's that's true, yeah. Because you did all this stuff and and guess what? You just it you know you the lottery ticket fell in the sewer and is gone now. But mm-hmm. I think uh creates a better atmosphere to project that maybe they should not be doing what they're doing cuz they're not even the best at it. Now, again, story driven here. So every spider person has lost somebody. Mm-hmm. Petey lost Ben. Miles loses his uncle. Yep. I forget. I forget his name. Prowler. Yep. Um, Gwen loses Peter in her universe. Yep. Peter's the lizard in her universe. Or was. Um, I guess just Kane loses like a girlfriend, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Once again, Kane lost like three games in a row of Street Fighter 2 at an arcade. Uh, so like <laughs> now he just needs to do what he does. <laughs> Jesus. Um. But anyway, yeah, so like most of them have all lost. I don't know if Silk has lost anybody. Anyway, but um, that so so like to them, if Rhino were to run off, that's how Ben died mm-hmm. because he didn't stop that guy. Right. Yeah. And did. But again, that burglar, like he didn't like he was like, yo, Gramps, give me the car or whatever. And he blasted him. He blapped him. Yeah. The old double tap. Got to confirm. Otherwise, you, you can't get the dog the cats. Yeah. Yep. On, the, on the 90 year old man, you got to do it. <laughs> got to make sure you get back up. See, even, even, uh, whatever it was, uh, Joe Schmo or whatever the, the guy, he's like, listen, I know he's a 90 year old man, but with great <laughs> power comes great responsibility. I have to double tap him to make sure my work. job is done. I was going to say Joe Chill, but that is definitely not, uh, who it is. Isn't Joe Chill Batman's parents? That's, yeah, that's Batman's okay. parents. Uh, his name is The Burglar. Oh, <laughs> yes. The Burglar. I forgot. How, how Dennis, have... Dennis Carradine. That actually, I that is what it is. I have heard Carradine. Okay, Carradine. Uh, okay. Anyway. But uh, but yeah, no, I think, uh, and once again, I'm, I'm getting back into the weeds of like, well, Black Cat's smarter. That's why it's a better story. No, that's not the case. But it can be, because then it, it becomes it like a heist be. movie. Yeah. It's a heist movie. I mean, Guy Ritchie doing a black cat movie, <laughs> I mean, awesome. would be would be pretty sick. But I'm in. Hmm. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> this is I think this is a hard one not to go with the spider people, because similar to the to the Batman thing, just because you can make that so personal and Black Cat and Catwoman are very similar. They tell very similar stories. And characters that have that narrative, that fight for independence, it it normally is within that same wheelhouse. Uh, I can do crime or I can break the rules because at the end of the day, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think... It's just it's just more gray and not necessarily a differential in gray. Yeah, that makes sense. So I I, I do like the uh, I do like Spider Man or Spider uh, Spider Family People. here. Yeah, no. whatever. Well, and I don't necessarily disinclude. 
Black Cat, Cat is kind from, of. Yeah. She's in. Yeah, so I think just because the the spider family kind of includes that story as well, it's just it's kind of that helps. An, yeah, that's an unfair advantage there. It's fair. You know, this whole contest is stupid. I'm just gonna leave. Bye. <laughs> I'm gonna jump out my window. I'm not appreciated around here. Okay. Um, second semifinal. Uh, hit me with the the poem that he probably hasn't done. Joe Gennaro is here to say that he's on PCN, okay? And it's really good. It starts November 4th. It's an hour-long Friday comic book rourke. The end. Good job, Joe. That was really good. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. Man, I can't believe he came up with that on the spot. He No, he didn't. I think he spent a lot of time in it. It took. I've been practicing that. Uh, that what he wrote very uh, eloquently on paper and then scanned it and emailed it to me. I've been practicing in the mirror so I could get the the cadence why didn't correct. He, why didn't he just write it in? Listen, I, I I don't know. He likes the he likes the paper. <laughs> he just likes. No, the he reads the comics. He doesn't read it digital. He does. That's but true. like sometimes, if you got the trade, you pull out the trade. If you have the single read. issues, you got to pull out the single issues. I can't read them digitally. I just can't do it. I gotta have it in my hands. So there are particular readers that I feel have been able to bridge that gap for me the marvel digital comics unlimited one is actually very good uh it reads very well because it's because it's a difficult thing to get right Mm. early 2000s downloading comic book anthologies and trying to read them on free comic book readers sucked it was real bad tried it i was like one comic in i was like nope yeah not doing that again the first two page spread and i'm like oh cool this is a really cool (laughs) corner but like yeah (laughs) it's God, it's so bad. The smart readers have gotten a lot better, and uh, it helps the flow considerably. Because uh, every time I have to use Apple Reader for like a GW book, when I was still trying to buy their codex uh, and stuff, oh yeah. my god, it fit. Those things were terrible. Yep. Yep. Anyway, uh, so second semifinal: Daredevil's Catholic Guilt versus the Bat Family Sense of Justice. Actually, kind of an interesting interaction there. Yeah. Um, Cause they're kind of similar. The, yeah. So actually pretty similar to the last one. Uh, I think they, they are, they are kind of telling a similar story. And I mean, whether it's guilt or guilt from loss, uh, this is tough. If there was a bigger daredevil family to pull from, you know what I mean? Cause I think you can, well, there is, so I was going to bring this up. Oh, okay. Electra is now a daredevil. And that's Ooh. actually kind of something I was going to bring up. His Catholic guilt, essentially his code, I guess you could call it kind of similar to the back code, mm-hmm. has infected Electra, where she's like, you know what? Maybe you don't have to kill everybody. Maybe you can just, her interpretation of it is like, maybe we just kill some, like, maybe some people can die. Maybe there's something to this whole, like, not just murdering everybody thing. Yeah. So yeah. she... Went off killing to essentially appease Matt for the storyline that's coming. I won't okay. spoil thing in that regard. But uh, yeah, his he kind of is starting to get a family, funnily enough. Electra's in it now. It's mommy and daddy. And then when they attack somebody in MCP, they make little babies. Little baby ninjas. <laughs> they do. They <laughs> do. Like ninjas. <laughs> All right. So, so, so go along this path with me, right? No. Uh, okay. All right, well, that's the show, ladies and gentlemen. Well, so uh, you it know, was, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, so, Batman, right? 
got a lot of fleshing out because uh, DC only had Superman uh, kind of in its back pocket. Had <laughs> for sure. Had Daredevil gotten the attention that Batman got, there'd be a Daredevil family, like a, a significantly larger extended Daredevil family. That's true. Um, because I think you can do that guilt story in a whole oh, bunch of ways. Oh. Actually, it just clicked. The Defenders. Okay. The Defenders are kind of like a family, sort of. Uh, it's kind of weird. I mean, he knows Luke. He knows uh, he knows Danny. But the, Danny and Luke are like a thing. Yeah. Yep. Like they always got each other's back. Daredevil only calls for help when he's like, ah, shit, I, <laughs> I need right. some backup here. So, I, uh, yeah, I think boiled down Daredevil is a better version of Batman because he is clear, very clearly doing good with the skills and the affluence that he was given as far as being able to protect people legally uh, from yeah. from sure. the things uh, Bruce Wayne does not have that same vibe of like, oh, well, yeah, I donate to someone. Maybe it's probably, you know, a money laundering scheme anyway, but I don't know because I don't care because I'm too focused on being Batman. I think out of those two, Daredevil is the fuller character. Um, I do think that the Bat family having so many very good fleshed out examples of people taking the code better than Batman did um, gives them an edge here. But I think the only reason that's viable is because Batman was a little too one note and stunted and yeah. uh, not bland. Bland's not the right word, but he needed he needed a foil. Yeah, he needed something to rub against to make it so he just talked at all. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, think, he was rude. Yeah, you get to a point with Batman. And you're like, well, Batman's just simply not right all the time. He has some pretty major flaws and they're not being addressed. So we bring in another character to address those flaws. Well, Daredevil didn't need that crutch. And granted, that crutch became very great for Batman. But maybe it was one of those things where he didn't need that leg up. He was a solid character from the get. So he wasn't able to really be utilized in the way that Batman's flaws heavily were. That's a very analytical way to look at that. It's actually, yeah, that's very true. Um, so I think I think for that reason, I, I have to move Batman on. But once again, because Batman as a whole is flawed and that has created more opportunities to tell to tell a variety of very great stories, um, while Daredevil is, in fact, still the actual story. You know, and kind of coming off of that, and it gets, I guess it's going to go into the finals, right? Batman is sort his, the interest in his stories is almost defined by the villain. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I think that's a very common thing for people to be like, eh, Batman's okay, but the villains, though. Yeah, the rogues gallery is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, with Spidey, you kind of have both. Yeah. Like, who doesn't love Spidey villains? Right. They're all great. I mean, some, some of you never, like, heard of, right? Or they, they only come in once. But, like, if you think of, like, Spider-Man, or if you just think of comic book villains, the, the, the Joker, or, I'm sorry, the Bat villains and then the spidey villains are probably going to be some of the first ones that pop up yep i yeah i completely agree completely agree and i just think the designs were perfect mm-hmm. but anyway uh the finals yeah sponsored by dr d hell yeah because i'm here you can get the dr d's dylan's yeah right here <laughs> at the elite eight showdown yeah, elite eight showdown not a part of the network not affiliated with the professional casual network anymore. <laughs> but the finals. The spider peoples 
great with great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. or the bat family's sense of justice. This is tough. It's actually a really good matchup. Actually. It really is. It really is. Um, it's kind of the strength of DC and Marvel. Yeah. In a way. You're taking them like some of their most popular IPs. Well, and, and that I, makes them interesting. Yeah, and 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 it boils back down to me for the that last bracket that we had with with Daredevil and Batman, where Daredevil was a little bit more of an actual character, so he didn't have to have a bunch of other ancillary uh, things added in. I, I do think Spider Man and that that narrative that character is a little bit more fleshed out than Batman, but I think Batman's yeah. Rogue Gallery has a slight edge to it. Oh, for sure. Um, I don't necessarily care about reading a story from the perspective of the vulture. <laughs> I do Fair. want to read a story based on the narrative of the Joker, of Hush, of <sighs> Clayface. Like, I think even the more brutish monstery villains in, in, in Batman have a stronger variable to be able to pull stories from. While with Spider-Man, while I adore them, Sandman, actually a great example of somewhere where you can you can kind of thread that line. Venom, obviously, is kind of a, you know, a, a top tier in that particular one. But they they're they are just very similar. You know what I mean? It's they have the same stat block, but Batman has a plus one here and a minus one there. While Spider-Man has the, the reverse They They have the Catwoman and, and, and Black Cat analog where they kind yep. of break their own rules for something yep. that they don't necessarily agree with, but don't have anything heavily against because they see the merit to it. They both are heavily encased in loss and not being able to stop something. Um, they both have a code. They won't kill. Uh, they have gone different ways in their grief, which I can appreciate in making them both different things. One went towards humor and one went for an, uh, and, uh, void of emotion. Nihilism. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Both incredibly intelligent, both, both street level and above street level simultaneously. Yeah. Um, they're very, very similar. This is going to be actually a very difficult one to choose between because they, they, they strike a lot of the boxes as far as edginess. The, the Bat family gets me what I want out of those things, but I can't get what I want out of Batman. With Spider-Man, sure. the Spider family as a whole actually strikes a bunch of different notes that aren't based around Peter Parker as a whole. Right. Silk, um, for instance, great stories, a, a parallel to Spider-Man, but doesn't rely on Peter Parker as a whole to tell the stories that it wants to tell. Red Hood, um, Damien, Nightwing, all constantly cycle back to their relationship with Bruce as the main driving story. That's very true. Um, the the Spider People books can stand alone on their own. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Never even have Peter involved. Correct. And and some are normally better for not involving Peter. That's true. That's um, very true. So. I think even almost as a technicality, while I like the stories of the Bat family more, I think that's because I like one particular type of story 
And by sure. default, that means Spider-Man is able to, the, with great power comes great responsibility, can tell more stories because I'm not into all of them because they aren't all the same story. That's very true. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I, I talked myself into Batman and then talked myself back on right it. into back to Spidey. Yeah, saw <laughs> that. I, I think because you know, just case in point, there are every Spider-Man story and every Spider-Man family member are usually actually very different and tell very different stories with very different tones. Uh, I think yeah. great power comes great responsibility, opens up more and better storylines as a whole instead of the same one told in different ways. Couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. That said, go take all your Batman books, burn them in your living room. <laughs> They're all terrible. That's what Tim just told you to do. That's not so. what I said. <laughs> I said if you have if you're gonna burn Spider-Man books, you can have a different variety of fire in <laughs> different true. rooms They're of your home. Colors. Batman, <laughs> yes, you should burn one room because it's kind of a one room thing. <laughs> so one of the things I so again as a kind of an aside, like we were saying. The Wayne Foundation has been donating money into Gotham for God knows how long. When is it going to get better? Yeah. When yeah. is Gotham ever going to improve? <laughs> if, you're like the, if you're the smartest man in the world, shithole. you know what I mean? Like if you're the peak of human uh, physique and intelligence, maybe you should have figured out by now that what you're doing in your day job isn't working. Doesn't work. Outside of the fact that he doesn't give a shit at all about what he does during, in, 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 you know, in, in the daytime and is only focused on being Batman. Yeah. I mean, because like even in like Daredevil's case, at least like. Like Matt doesn't do it for the money. He's a lawyer because like his poor neighbor who's like a drug addict got framed for something and yeah. he's helping him because it's the right thing to do. And he's going to get paid in stale muffins. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Like that's just so much more interesting than rich man donates money. Nothing happens. Correct. The over world and continues over to be awful. Right. <laughs> it's like, why do you move to Gotham? Why? Yeah. Yep. They better have a damn good tech industry. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying. Yeah. Yep. And it's in Jersey. <sighs> Gotham is Ugh. Jersey. Is that kind of because yeah, I think I think Gotham's supposed to be in New Jersey. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I mean, it's because like all the DC doesn't exist in the real world, right? Or whatever. I yeah, always assume. State of New Jersey. State of New Jersey. Hell yeah. All right. That's it up. sometimes the light on the other on the Sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is just Gotham City. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it is. That's true. Man, uh, poor, poor Jersey. Yeah, for real. Uh, shout out to Jersey. I hope you guys figure out what you're doing at some point. But What's going on with that? I don't know. Do you th so in a, another kind of an aside, do you think it's a strength of DC that they put their villains in like like fictional, you know, quote unquote fictional cities as opposed to just putting everybody in New York like they do in Marvel? No, I, I don't think it's for their benefit. And here's why. Um, I think if you were trying to tell relatable stories, they need to be in, rela in relatable places that cross over with each other. Uh, I think. Similar to how we talked, um, was it at the beginning of this grouping? Yes, it was at the beginning of this show. Uh, the the whole X Men and the Avengers thing, like that, had never clicked because that world is so joined for the most part. You have Wolverine in the Avengers, and you have him going to real places that we can identify as real places. Sure. I have no idea how far away Metropolis is from Gotham. Literally no idea. 
if you had no idea where Gotham even was. No, nope. And, <laughs> and I think it, I think it's even worse if Gotham is Jersey and Metropolis is supposed to be New York City. They should be right next to each other, and I would have no idea. Maybe Center City or what's uh, Green Arrow's place? Uh, it's Center City and Star Star City. Yeah. I have no idea where anything is as a frame of reference to one another. Sometimes I think Metropolis is like Indianapolis, like it's in the it's it's in the Midwest, but it's also a big city. I have no idea. And it is in Delaware or New York. Or okay, all right. Metropolis is in Delaware. Yeah, I guess that's that's. Uh, I never would have put that together. No, I wouldn't have either. You know, I know exactly where Hell's Kitchen is. I know the vibe I'm supposed to think about Hell's Kitchen. I know what I'm supposed to think about Manhattan or Brooklyn or uh, the Midwest, you know, all the, the the San Francisco based superheroes as well. Granted, not a lot in the in the Midwest, but that's what the Great Lakes Avengers are for. That's what a Hulk story where it's in the middle of the desert is for. You know what I mean? Um, maybe they are a little bit too hyper focused in those areas, but those are areas that we can identify with as a whole and that we know where they are in relation to one another. When the also, I think grows out to California because they want to right. stop dealing with Daredevil. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's oh, that's what God. you do. I think I think Kane went to Texas. I think that's where he went. I think he went to Houston. I think. Yeah, I think that's where he went. Yeah, why San Francisco? Uh, on the end of like why West Coast? Why is it on sand? San Fran. Once again, recognizable. I get. I mean, why not like Los Angeles or like San Diego? Too high profile. I sure, be, sure. You know, <laughs> absolutely. That, I mean, even Moon Knight. Moon Knight was running around San Francisco for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, like, it's what? it's the world's smallest, biggest little town in California. I guess so. Uh, we need more <laughs> Las Vegas-based superheroes. I think you can tell some great stories there, especially for a kingpin or a daredevil type. Is, is, I don't even know. Is Vegas still existent in Marvel? Because damnation happened. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. I don't, I don't, I don't even remember if Vegas still exists. I don't know. I'm pretty certain everything's just on Krakoa now. So, I mean, because even uh, uh, the Valhalla, not Valhalla, um, Asgard, Asgard's in like Ohio like or something or something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like somewhere in the Midwest. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> just like sure. But yeah, once again, you know. <laughs> I know roughly because it's based in some form of reality where you don't have to understand a lexicon that's that's only un, un, unto itself. That's uh, fair. Exactly how these these things interact and characters are so centric to the one made up city that they're in that there mm-hmm. doesn't leave a lot of ease of of crossbreeding. You know what I mean? Sure. Spider-Man and Human Torch, Spider-Man and Daredevil, Spider-Man and Movement, Spider-Man and all these things. These are all other people around New York City. Um, what well, I don't even know if there's other heroes that operate anywhere near Gotham outside of people specifically in the Bat family. Uh, uh, hero wise, yeah, I guess they are mostly just Bat family. Uh, Grifter, maybe, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Um, but you know what I mean? They're all ancillary to their own thing, they're all their own separate universe, which lets you have a little bit more freedom in telling very specific stories for that specific micro universe. But yeah. at the end of the day, doesn't lead into the larger picture as easily or as well. It's not like Aquaman is like, Aquaman's going to Gotham to stop Black Mana or whatever. It's like that, right? Kind of just doesn't happen, right? That's fair. 
They're just always yeah, a lot of, somewhere. A lot of analogous characters. And again, like, and again, so we've already know who the winner is. This is just kind of interesting DC Marvel sightings yeah. type stuff. I mean, you have the the power trio concept of Namor, Aquaman, Mister Nimbus. <laughs> Took you a second for that. Yeah. Why can Why can Mister Nimbus control the police? I don't know because he's Mister Nimbus, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I, I think it depends on what type of story you're going for, right? I, I, I don't think either has a wrong way to do it. I just think that there's I cleave towards one um, because it's relatable. Yeah. I like relatable. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Well, and I don't have to do a bunch of research and understanding. And listen, I just I don't want to read. I want things read to me. I want to watch a YouTube video and understand all the basics and the framework in 15 minutes when I'm listening to it on double speed while editing something that I should also be listening to. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And frankly, I think, you know, the 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 movie universes have played a large part in that. The Suicide uh, Squad was fucking incredible. I love yeah, the second one was great. So the uh, we're going to timestamp the video. Uh, uh, uh Gun is now in charge of the DC he changed the name. It's like DC I, Universe. I now? saw that dude and it's one of those things I have heavily mixed feelings on that. I'm like, "Okay, yeah. listen, he did a fucking bang up job with uh with the Peace. Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Holy shit, they were both awesome." Um I, they were much more silly. Yeah. DC's been going for this like grit thing, yeah. which to the credit of the Batman can work. Yeah. But you got to make it good. Yep. I, and I don't know. Those other ones were like, meh. I, uh, I watched the Batman um, while flying to NashCon. Over Did you finish it. Over, <laughs> well, so it was over three different flights, but <laughs> I was going to say it's a long movie, but I did finish it and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I think DC has room for both. And I think that's should have been DC and, and the DC movies strong suit. Dude, the animated movies are so fucking good. Why can't sure. they translate that to live action or bigger theatrical releases? You, you have the writers, you have the storylines, you can just do it. Just fucking do it. And that's what frustrates the shit out of me with DC. You know what makes a great script? A comic book. It's almost like a storyboard. <laughs> and then it's like, maybe you don't fuck with it. Maybe you just do the story people like and you don't put your own spin on it. And there's you can. It doesn't have to. But like there's a there's a base you need to hit. You know yeah. what I mean? There's a framework that made the story good in the first place. And you can change things about it and you can change things with characters and keep it fresh and still interesting and make those hits still hit. But I just. With some of the DC movies and even some of the early Marvel movies, too, it's just it's so one. It still seems like a 90s superhero movie where the bad yeah. guys, some nameless force of a bunch of grunts and there's no conversation back and forth. There's no actual drama. It's Hit just it. like there's aliens now. Let's stop them. And when your biggest twist is, oh, Superman's evil for 13 seconds. It's like, all right, well, you could have done something cool with that. But now, so have you watched some of the Batman animated ones where it's just Batman, where there's like recreations of uh, of uh, like Hush, like the Hush one? I So I don't think I've watched that one. I wasn't aware yeah. there was a Hush one because I, I would be super mm -hmm. into that. 
Uh, I've watched mm-hmm. the Teen Titans ones. I've watched uh, Son yeah, of Batman, yeah. Red Hood. And that's what got me into that as a whole. Yeah. I had completely given up on them. And then I watched Under the Red Hood and I was like, wait a minute. They, they're writing like stories that are good. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, Red, some of Red Laws or uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws are actually pretty good. I So that's, and that's the thing. I just. There wasn't a, an analog for Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited where things were incredibly easy to access. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, without trying to buy them on Comixology or something like that. And yeah, so I just I, there was a clear winner as far as the early adaptation of digital comics that was also incredibly inexpensive. Um, so that's that's where all my comic book reading has been. But I, I I need to get around to the DC stuff because yeah, uh, especially there was some there were some stories in the New Fifty Two, and I, that's super dated at this point. But yeah. uh, that I really wanted to get into. I wanted to read the whole Black Lantern thing when that was going on, and yep. um, some of that I just never got around to it. But yeah, anything with Red Hood, I'm super into, and Teen Titans. Have you played Gotham yet, or uh, Night Gotham Night? The new one. Yeah, it, that actually came out. I wasn't. Did yep. it like Came just la- last week? Last week. I haven't yet. Uh, heavily thinking about it. Oh, I got it, man. We're going to play multiplayer. We'll talk about it off mic. Is it cross-platform? Yep. Uh, ooh, I don't know. I got it for PlayStation. I do know that I was watching a video on it and they were talking about how like when you're playing with friends online, you can in fact just fuck off and go do your own thing yep. and then come back and you'll meet organically. And that just seems Absolutely. really cool because that's always one of the, the, the pitfalls with multiplayer for me. It's like, well, I want to be progressing my own storyline. But if you can kind of have those organic reactions and while just, you know, talking shit on headset to one another and doing your own thing and then meet up occasionally, I think that's cool. It's uh, they're also coming out with like a I'm, I'm a, they haven't really announced what it is. I think it's a horde mode where you can have four people. Oh, fucking rad. Shit. Have all, yeah, right. That's what I was saying. Uh, that, but anyway, all of the 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 Arkham games have been stellar. So it's not an Arkham game. It's not. Bezos? Get that okay. It is all different. Right. It all is right. different. All right. All right. All right. Not, not, I'm not saying if I'm like, a, how dare you not know that, but it does play differently. Okay. There's definitely some differences. So just keep that in mind. And one thing but, that I know makes people really mad is the Spider Man games and the Arkham games are the same game. They kind of, yeah, they kind of are, aren't they? Um, I think Spider Man. Dodge attacks because you, <laughs> you have spider sense as Batman. Like that's, that's, that's whatever. Company too. It works. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it just works. Uh, I don't know. I guess I like the Spider-Man one because it's a little bit more. I don't know, man. Arkham City and Arkham Knight. Or I mean, they're all good. But yeah. I mean, Arkham Origins gets kind of shit on a lot, but it's like it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Like an angry beginning Batman is. It just works. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think that's what made the Batman so great, too. Right. Is early angry Batman. Just angry. God Literally, man. Batman on both sides of regular Batman, like old grizzled. All right, I'll just fucking shoot him now. Batman is also <laughs> really good. Uh, and, and, you know, super uh, roided up sniffing salts uh, or smelling salts. Uh, Batman is also really good. Taking on incels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. definitely what they were. Yeah. I was like, oh, ready? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But. Guys, I think that's going to do it for this incredibly long episode of Elite A Showdown. If you liked our show, 
cool thanks because we aren't part of the network anymore. Also, uh, check out our friends and hopefully you're soon tuned. The comic book rundown. Uh, those fucking traders are now part of the professional casual network and we're not. Fuck them. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Uh, the Carton cast and Wreck My Podcast, uh, even though they stole our gimmick of going on hiatus and then coming back. And then who did they do it with? Who did they do it with? Tim fucking France. Those goddamn casuals. That would be like this show uh, having a pretty decent run, having nearly no weeks missed, ending with Dylan Dyer, and then going away for two months and coming back with Dylan Dyer. Again. Shit, I think we stole Comic Work Rundown's <laughs> gimmick. You know what? Next time, I, next time I have my head in the toilet and I think of another idea, maybe we'll be back. Wait, so that wasn't a joke? Were you physically no. sick and vomiting and you were like, wow, no, Elite no. A Showdown? Because no. listen, I've been there. I can't tell you what I was actually doing. Listen, I was having my daily cry in the shower. Yeah. Trying to get it all out. And I was like, oh, wait, I can help Tim out for a second. <laughs> but, That's what makes you feel better. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and squirrels, I have been your host, Tim. And with me this week has been... Dr. Dylan Dyer. Yeah, hey. We say goodbye, stay safe, and remember to leave the blood on the bracket. This has been Elite Eight Showdown. Throw those trash cans, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Don't start a riot! (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you, on Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the Power Phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolforp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder 2nd edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.